Hello all, this is Patrick Fletcher from the Sports In Podcast and I'm joined as always by Chris Ainsco. We do apologise that we are cutting Series 2 short. This is due to Chris and I's livelihoods being very busy at the minute. Um, we do apologise, but what we do hope to do from now up until Christmas is give you a few interviews with um, some sporting heroes, should we say, from uh, mid-Wales and... I'd like to pass on to Chris Ainsco to talk about our upcoming interview. Yeah, cheers, Paddy. We're at the stage where we're going to release our first one this week. So, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I sat down on Zoom and spoke to Scott Rusco, who a few of you might know as uh, the ex-Welsh Premier League footballer. He played for Newtown, TNS and uh, Chester in the conference and then went on to manage TNS as well, winning the um, Welsh Premier League, I think Welsh Cup as well. So yeah, sort of sat down to talk to him and it's sort of a chat really about a bit of his playing career, managing career, but then also a few questions around the Welsh Premier League in general. Uh, so we talked about the level of the Welsh Prem, um, sort of how the Welsh Premier League can grow from here, get new people involved. And yeah, I hope it's a pretty decent insight into things like that. Pat, I think you've had a listen, haven't you? Is there anything you want to add at all before we, um, we release that? I have had a listen. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'd um, encourage people to to have a listen of it. It's, I'd say, short and sweet, um, if I put it into the descriptive words. I think he gives us a good insight into not only Welsh football, but I suppose professional level football. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Uh, he named names I couldn't even there, uh, couldn't even know. So now it'll be. I think the target audience is great because I think not only our age group, but I think older people can listen to it and get an insight into it too. So yeah, definitely worth a listen. All. It's also we've had like a lot of athletes and we and stuff. So it's nice to have spoken to someone more from the the coaching background and management sort of the mindset that gets you involved in that. So yeah, hopefully uh, that should be okay. So. I guess we'll wrap it up there, shall we, Fletch? Yeah, so hopefully in a couple of weeks it'll be uh, it'll be ready and then we'll hopefully give you the, the next person we're going to interview. Lovely. Thank you, Fletch. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy. Today I'm delighted to be joined by an ex-Welsh Premier League footballer, manager and even newfound podcast host, um, Scott Rusco. Scott, how are you? Very well, thank you. You okay? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on. Looking for, we've got a lot to cover today. Quite a vast career sort of within the game. So yeah, looking forward to it. And also it's the first sort of manager and coach we've had on the podcast. Hopefully it's a different sort of approach for listeners as well. So I won't hang about, but if you could start us off, I guess we'll go through your career in t- uh, chronological order really. So how, what was your first step into the footballing world, really, as a youngster, uh, be it academy, youth level? Yeah, I loved playing. Um, first and foremost, it was going to watch my dad at the weekend. It was Saturday and Sunday. It was Everything was football. So it sort of, it sort of went from there, school football, um, you know, county football, every, every sort of team that was going, I was trying to get involved with and playing local football in Shrewsbury. And then... About 12, 13, I think, maybe something around that age where I started to go to Shrewsbury Town maybe on a, on a Thursday evening and play the odd game. Uh, and then I you know, started to take it seriously, playing county-level football. And it was something that I was really interested in and sort of 
was doing well at the time and, and had a hunger and a desire to go on and 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 play football and and when you're younger everyone sort of says well you know you can't go into football no one makes it as a footballer and you know sort of I wouldn't say put you off but put you down a different route the academic route and um yeah I'd always had my heart set on playing as football as long as I could at a level you know 14 15 and then see if I could go on and, and earn a career out of it so I think the first steps of, of serious sort of um, intent was was Shrewsbury and um, yeah I was there for a, for a couple of years and then had sort of trials with West Brom and um, and then after that sort of spell I think it was about 15 where I, where I sort of left Shrewsbury and and someone took me to Aston Villa so I went to Aston Villa for a year and I had, had a good year there was was going on a, on a Thursday evening and playing on a Sunday and the year above me was Lee Hendry Darren Byfield so there was a good age group above me Train at Bodymore Heath um, in, in Tamworth area um, and, and playing against some really good sides on a, on a Sunday as well. So that, that was my first sort of, um, you know, insight into, into playing at a good level um, and, and going from there, really. You mentioned there, like, um, time at Aston Villa, like with the likes of Lee Hendry there. Was that good having figures at that age that you could look up to and, like, seeing through the ranks? Um, yeah. In terms of motivation um, as well. In my age group was John Curtis, who went on to play for Man United and Blackburn, and um, he's now an American coach. But John had a, a really good career. John was playing for England under 16s, 17s, 18s, above his age group as well. So he was in my team, had some really good players that went on and, and played Warsaw, second division, first division football. So yeah, it was it was good, it was a good ground in excellent coaching, first class facilities. So at an age of 15, it was it was perfect for me. Um, yeah, so from there, left under 16s and realised probably that I was probably going to get a better chance somewhere else. And Stoke invited me to go in. So I went into Stoke for a few weeks and they were really interested. And, and before I knew it, around Christmas time, I think I got offered a YTS, your YTS scheme, and, and signed there for two years. So that was um, left school, did my GCSEs, did quite well, got nine GCSEs, and then went on to the uh, YTS scheme of £30 a week. Um, digs money, plenty of jobs, really, you know, getting involved. But it was it was long days. It was nine to five. It was cleaning corridors, cleaning boots. Really good team there at Stoke. I think they just missed out on the playoffs in the championship. In my team was Andy Griffin. Went on to play for Newcastle and had a, had a really good career. Um, played for Stoke, Newcastle, and we had some really good boys at that time. And it was a, it was a fantastic grinding. Always look back to it. It was a time in my life where. I always relate to and, and think that that gave me the the push, the the determination to go on and play and, you know, be involved in football throughout my career. Yeah. Would you say you learn a lot more? It's like you said they're moving clubs as well. So going from different setups like uh, Villa to then Stoke. And then did you have a year at Port Vale afterwards as well? That's um, right. So I left, left at Stoke. I mean, I, I did well at Stoke. It wasn't as if I, you know, I played... In the first year, I played 40 games, but I was playing with the 18-year-olds. And the second year, I was captain and I did really well. One of those things that maybe they could only take one or two on, and, and they only took one on. A good friend of mine um, passed away last year, uh, Stevie Gelka. We were, we were good mates, went on to play for Shrewsbury and had a really good career at Telford and whatever else. And we were, we were good friends and they took him on. And, you know, obviously, there's no, don't, you don't hold any grudges of, of who they take on. 
it's certainly sometimes if you face fits and and if you need a, a winger or a, a right back or whatever. And yeah, I went on and disappointed, really disappointing time getting released. But you pick yourself up and within weeks, I uh, had a phone call from Port Vale. John Rudge offered me a chance to come in pre-season and go in there and, and sort of test myself and see if I was up to the up to the standard. And uh, thankfully, I got a, I got a year pro contract at Port Vale and that was another another good learning curve for me. Going on there, getting the, was Port Vale the first pro contract? Yeah. Uh, you got, yeah. Um, did you get much experience in that year there of playing at all or was it more learning the environment? Yeah, no, we had a very small squad of probably 16, 18 players and reserve games were brilliant because we were playing in a league against Middlesbrough, Aston Villa, um, Coventry, some really good sides and to name a few players in, in that team, they were, we were playing against Mikkel Beck, um, what was the... The Brazilian, the couple of Brazilian players that played for Middlesbrough, um, was it Emerson? Um, there were some really good players, you know, like Craig Hignett at Middlesbrough, Aston Villa, Paul McGrath, Julian Jochin. So in and around that time, the reserves leagues were really good. It wasn't like the under-23s leagues. It was a proper reserve team. So I was getting chance to play reserve team football at a really good level and uh, week in, week out. And I think it was, it was perfect for me at that time, being a 19-year-old, not just playing midfield, but playing fullback as well. And it was uh, it was really good for my progression. Yeah, and some obviously gave you some good names to drop in the hat as well there. Mm. Your time, some of the players you're playing against, and then uh, from there, I guess that's where you started your journey, um, or went on to be a journey in the, the Welsh Premier League with Newtown. Yeah, that's right. I went from Port Vale, had a, a couple of trials somewhere at Telford, had a few weeks at Telford, but slowly realised that I wouldn't have wasn't going to get in there. They used the budget, whatever. And um, yeah, met, met with Brian Coyne, spoke to Brian Coyne, knew all about Newtown and, and how they develop players, young players. Um, really good um, set up there, training twice a week. Money wasn't an issue then at the time, which just wanted to go back into an environment where it was going to get me first team football and get me noticed again to get up and, and to get where I wanted to be. So yeah, Newtown was, was excellent. Come second in our first season at Newtown. Qualified for the UEFA Cup, it was back then. So as a 19-year-old playing the UEFA Cup, playing two legs in there, it was, it was, um, it was interesting. It was thought-provoking. It was sort of, it was a good grinding. And three years there at Newtown were um, were really, really good for my sort of, again, I'll call progression and, and step up to to where I needed to be. Yeah. So that I guess that step for you then was back into the English pyramid. Um, we've moved to Chester. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned earlier, it was, um, they'd just come down from League Two a day, so that was conference. Yeah, so we'd, Chester would come down, relegated from the second division. Um, knew somebody there who wanted to put me forward and give me a go and give me a, a two-year contract. So didn't really know the manager, but there was eight or nine new players. So players from the second division had left. New players were coming in, building a new team dynamic, building a, a fresh squad, so to speak. And it was, um, yeah, good standard of football, something different. I'd been at a new time, Welsh Premier, conference football, you know, a lot of full-time teams, a lot of decent budgets in that league as well. FA Cup, FA Trophy, had an excellent season. We got through to the third round, I think. We played Blackburn in the third round of the FA Cup, got through to the FA Trophy semi-final. So finished seventh in the league, I think. So again, you know, being involved with a good management team and um, some very good players. 
Yeah, I think we'll come on to this point maybe in more detail further down the line. Um, but at that time, what what was the difference? Did you notice between the Welsh Premier and the conference, sort of in terms of levels? Because it's a question that a lot of people ask. Like they do it with Scotland as well. Like where yeah. does it tie in? What would you say roughly? Um, level. I mean, the conference is different because the crowds are. I was playing in front of three, four thousand people. You know, yeah. Chester was was very good. You know, we had a couple of thousand, three thousand there watching bigger games, four thousand. So, first and foremost, it's the crowds. It's just support, season tickets. Um, the stadiums are better, grass pitches. You know, so you've got all these things that are geared up towards progression, second, first division, whatever. You know, I'm not knocking the Welsh Premier because they, now what they're trying to do is get the 3G, excellent surfaces, so that it's built for playing football, you know, really attractive football that, that people are going to watch on Scorio now, people are going to watch the highlights on a Monday evening, people are going to watch live games. But in terms of, you know, support, infrastructure, budgets, the conference was obviously bigger and is bigger now, you know, players in the conference are getting... Some players are getting three grand, four grand a week. You know, they're certainly not getting that in the Welsh Premier. So not everything about money will dictate how good players are and management are, but it helps. Yeah, I guess that point's even more topical now with the likes of Wrexham, uh, the investment you see in there. Yeah, bid to make the um, Football League. But then, yeah, going back to your, your playing career, then obviously a couple of years at Chester and then TNS. So how did that move come about? So, yeah, Ken McKenna, we played Chester in a pre-season friendly and we'd had a good side against them and I think he'd seen me and noticed me and and asked one of my good friends who was playing at TNS at the time, John Lear, asked me about how long I got left. And it was difficult at, TNS, at Chester because I first came in, the manager liked me, he then got the sack at the end of the year. Second manager came in, wanted to give me a new contract. He then got sacked within a month. Then a new manager came in and... This was a third manager. He liked me, put me in the team. I played. Then Mark Wright came in. So I'd had four managers within the space of 18 months at Chester, all really getting on with them and playing games. I think I played between 50 and 60 games in total, which is not bad for a 20-year-old. So 21-year-old, I think it was at the time. Um, so I then thought, well, Mark Wright came in, excellent ball. I thought he was bringing loads of players in. I asked him if I could leave. Um, he didn't want me to go at the start. And then he reluctantly said, yeah, you can go. Where are you going? I said, look, look, TNS. So didn't ask for a fee for me. I just left and went to TNS. Ken um, sold it to me. It was a sort of a part-time, full-time mix. And said, look, TNS, gonna, we're going to develop. We're going to try and get into Europe. We're going to build the league. We're going to dominate. So it was down to him, one of the reasons why I, uh, I went to TNS. And he was brilliant. One of the biggest influences on my career. Uh, still speak to him now. Really good bloke. Really good football bloke someone that's been been like a mentor to me, um, believed in me and, um, yeah, I have a lot to thank for him for. Yeah. You say about um, just under uh, several different managers at Chester, albeit like the age of, by the age of 20. Yeah. Do you think that helped in terms of throughout the path of your career, having played under so many different people, obviously with different styles of play, yeah. um, different approaches to manner management, did that help, like, yeah, help your progression? It did because before that, I'd, I'd been under Lou Macari and Joe Jordan, John Rudge. So there's some really good managers in their own right, you know, being in championship clubs, being around that, being involved in the training and 
how they structure things. So I've always been a, a keen admirer of the game, like a student of the game anyway, wanting to know why they did things and, and sessions, why they set things up and why certain players would play in certain games. So I was always wondering about that early on. And that's sort of where my coach education led me to as a 19-year-old, I think. Started doing my Leaders Award and then early 20s doing the FA Coaching Certificate. So it was always one where I, I had a half an eye on coaching anyway. So yeah, the managers I've had um, have been a big influence on, on where I've shaped my sort of coaching career as well. Yeah, interesting. And then, so once you were there at TNS then, obviously that's where you stayed for how many years was it in total? Um, yeah, so 2001 to, to last year, 19 years, nearly yeah. just short of 20 years. Yeah, so was there something about TNS that made you want to stick there? Was it the environment, maybe club ambitions? Yeah, I mean, early on I had chances to move on, um, but being in a full-time environment, being a full-time footballer, locality-wise down the road, you know, all these things were sort of time flies so quickly, and it's just by the time you know it, you're back to the end of the season, and it was one where I like the football club, I like the people there, the players we had. It suited my um, the way I thought about football, the way I played the game. So it all clicked and there was nothing ever pulling me away that much to go somewhere else. Later on in my career, I had a chance to go to Malta and play there maybe. had a chance to go abroad. I always liked the thought of going abroad, but didn't materialise. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a club that's always been close to my heart. And the later I went on and started doing the coaching qualifications, I did see a route with becoming a coach and and that was what was, that was true because I, I went and took the academy for a few years and then assistant manager and and then become manager so I always also thought there'd be a, a route there for me to go and test my football sort of managerial nice and, and go and see what I could do in the game as well yeah so just to to sort of finish the the playing side of it um at TNS there one thing that I was keen to sort of get your views on was um, as a player, obviously TNS's success, like regularly winning the league, um, well, quite a few Welsh Cups, things like that. Um, a lot of career highlights. Is there any of those moments that stand out firstly? And also then, how do you as a player keep hungry for the success yeah. once it's it sort of expected? It is difficult. It's the same as a manager. You know, we, we'll go on to that after, but playing-wise... You want to win the league. You want to qualify for Europe. You want to, you know, I played, I think, 35 or 36 times in Europe. So playing the Champions League qualifiers, playing Europa League. I, you know, at one time I held the record for that. And and domestically, um, I think I had the, the most career appearances as well. So you want to break records. You want to win trophies. You know, leagues, league cups. Um, the Iron Brew, we played the Iron Brew. The Ch- um, we had a cup. Um, where we played against Swansea, Cardiff, Newport, we won that. So it's, I think it's about winning things. It's about consistently doing it. It's about having the fear of, oh, if you come second, who, who wants to take your crown? You know, Barry were there a long time. Teams have come along. Obviously, Barry came along and then went. Clinethley came along and went. Real came along and went. Banger came along and went. All these teams have come along. They've never been able to sustain it, just like Connors Key. Connors Key aren't going to be able to sustain it because they haven't got the model. So... They've done okay in the last couple of years through COVID and whatever else. And obviously last year they did well, but they're not going to be able to sustain it because of the money. TNS are now in a position where if the chairman wants to buy some new players and, and get that much further ahead of everyone else, then he does so. So 
yeah, going back to playing wise, love playing there. It was an environment I love playing in. And yeah, just never, never made that that step away. Obviously, this is where your sort of step into management came. And you mentioned you'd sort of built up those coaching, that coaching pathway, um, badges and things. Um, was the step to always go then into coaching? Like, was there a dawning moment where you thought, right, okay, my playing career is coming to an end. Do I go, like, did I, you start foot, foot on the throttle towards managing? Yeah. As soon as I think Craig Harrison came in and sort of used me more on the coaching staff there, became head of youth and then took over the academy and the scholarship program. And, and that was my grinding, really. So that's when I did the B license and the A license, quick transition. I think I did both of those in about two or three years, side by side, overlapped each other. And then became assistant manager under Craig then. And that was a good, um, good period of time to, to study what he did, how he did it. I mean, we're both the same age. Craig had a lot of time out of football through injury and wanted to see how well he did at, you know, managing and did excellent. You know, if you look at the five and a half years he was at TNS, leagues, Welsh Cups, League Cups, Iron Brew semi-final, European wins, did really well. And, and we, we formed a good relationship. And then when he left to um, go to uh, Hartlepool, had the chance then to step in as interim manager. And I was just short of four years where won the league, won the Cups, one in the Champions League, one in the Europa League and, and had a good spell. So again, to get that first job in coaching really in a full-time environment was was excellent for me. And in hindsight, probably one of the reasons why I stayed at TNS so that I could get that manager's job and, and give it a go and see how far I could go. I was just about to ask, that sort of answers the question I was about to ask. I was about to say, was there sort of a, a fear in taking that job at TNS having played there for so long? Um, and being so like part of such a successful team, but obviously no, not really. Sort of, no, it's a vision you had. No, I've, I've always believed in my own ability, and I'll believe in it again. I'm, I believe that I'll get a chance again to go on, and hopefully, I've had a couple of interviews with uh, conference teams and other teams as well. So, as a manager, it's just waiting game and, and being patient because football, it's uh, you know, it's it's an industry where you have to wait for somebody else to come out of the job before you go into it. So. Uh, I'm patient and I'm waiting at the moment. I'm doing a master's in sports coaching. So I'm making sure that in terms of, um, you know, your, your CPD is done. I'm making sure that I'm getting plenty of that and making, going around to look at lots of different games. So yes, I'm glad I've done it. Yes, I've come out of it. Um, did I feel it was right? Did I feel it was just? No, I don't. I don't feel it was right decision. That's my opinion. Um, through COVID and whatever, a lot of people have lost their jobs through COVID and I was another uh, casualty of that, that period. And um, yeah, I don't think, um, you know, the chairman liked it too much that Collins Key were, were coming up and, and doing well. But obviously you can see from the, the league now that the, the tables have turned again um, and, and it always does. So um, I think it's, it's one where I'll always be thankful for, for the chairman for giving me that opportunity. Have I got to go out on my own and, and go and get my own sort of identity? Maybe it's the best thing for me because obviously I've been in that Welsh system for so long. Maybe it's time to step out and see what, what else uh, lies there for me. Yeah. Sounds like you're still obviously um, keen to get back into the, the management side of things. But yeah, having, having played for so long as well, how you've, I know you've had that period of a few years managing TNS, but in, is it different in a manager's role? Do you see a lot more of the 
the other side of football, like po- the politics behind it within yeah. clubs. Is that, yeah, like a, is that an annoyance everything. at times? You just rather get on, get out there and play. In, in yeah, respect? I do, but it's, it's part of it. And it's part of your education. If you're going to go higher in the game and you've got to manage upwards, you've got to manage the board, you've got to manage the fans, you've got to, you've got to talk to the media on a bigger scale, you know, it's important. And I've had a, a little bit of a taste of that for the last few years and I've um, hopefully done done okay at, at that. And it's been a it's been it's been good to see the other side of it. You know, dealing with the board, dealing with budgets, players, recruitment of players, letting players go that you've been friends with, always difficult. Going to places to watch games and looking at how other leagues do it, been up to Scotland to watch them. Uh, really enjoyed the scouting missions, you know, going over to Kosovo to watch the Kosovan team that we we finally, we eventually beat, sorry, in the Champions League. Um, I really enjoy that side of it. You know, the analysis of games and the, the players and support of players and, and trying to improve them. Everything is a holistic approach nowadays. And I feel, yeah, I feel in a good place now to reflect on it and see um, what my strengths were and negatives were. Yeah, so from that was uh, March time, um, part of company with TNS. So is this probably been like the longest spell you've had out of the game? Well, I've probably never, never really had a spell since 16. Um, left a few clubs, but it was only a month or so. So this six months have been, yeah, it's been hard because um, I haven't had a focus. You know, I've been watching games and spending time with the children, which has been really nice. You know, I've got youngest children, they're seven and ten, so they they take up my time and I, I go and take my son to Liverpool, watch a few games at Liverpool, watch some conference games, watch some Northern Premier games, travelled and watched other things. You know, spoke to managers. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's occupying your time correctly. And today I've just started the Masters, so that'll obviously take a lot of my time up. But, um, yeah, it's... I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed a bit of time out. But if if you ask me, would you take a job tomorrow? Yes, I would take a job tomorrow. Yeah. What's the masters in? Like looking forward. It's, yeah, it's sports coaching. So it's it's everything. It's um, how to coach, how to teach, um, analysis, psychology, sociology of it. It's it's everything to do with being a coach. So yeah, it's another string to the bow, and hopefully. Um, something towards the CV that will improve it and give me that step ahead of obviously other people. That's, that's the way, that's the way of the world we live in. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also in that time, uh, it's good to bring this up. You've uh, started your own podcast, um, Welsh Premier Great, uh, it's yeah. called. Do you like to give people a bit of a, a run through of what that's all about, where the inspiration came for it? Yeah. So, so during lockdown and, and other periods of that, it was one where I was, going out running, going out on the bike, keeping fit, making sure that your mind's occupied, obviously the mind as well as the body. So I like to listen to a lot of the podcasts. I read a lot of books. I like to read. So anything that can improve me as a person, individual, as well as the um, the coaching side of it, that, that's what I was doing. And little little light bulb moment, you know, would people like to listen to some, some Welsh Premier players and managers that have been been at the top of their game and who I think have been been, been the greats of the league, you know, I've tried to, to vary out and not just have TNS people. And I've got a few more coming up as well. Um, and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy discussing football. Uh, you know, I watch football. If there's a game on every day, I'll watch it. You know, if there's a game locally, I'll go and watch it. 
my son's 10, he's just playing for a local side. It's football's everything, you know. It's like I said, seven days a week. So talking about football, it's um, it's easy for me. I'll, any any discussion, any topic, and to talk to other people about what makes them grow. You know, it's always interesting to find out about the people because I've come across them, you know, like Mike Wilde, Chris Venables, Reese Griffiths. I played against them and, and sort of been acquaintances of them. But you don't actually know in depth that person until you actually speak to them and find out what makes them tick. So, again, interesting to find out their beliefs, their, um, you know, their thoughts on who inspired them as a, as a youngster. Was it their parents' involvement? Who got them into football? Why do they love the game? Do they actually love the game or do they just love playing the game? Because I've met people that, you know, don't really like football, but like playing it. Don't watch football. You know, they don't watch the premiership. They, they'll get home and they'll do other things. They'll, they'll play on Xboxes. They'll go out for a run. They'll, you know, they'll spend time with their family, but they won't watch football, which I find really interesting. And why? What makes them tick? What's, you know, why, why wouldn't you want to watch a football game? It's, it just seems natural to me. Well, your, your podcast sort of provided a platform for, like you said, the likes of uh, Chris Venables. Like, it gets their like story out um, and gives people a, an insight because a lot of local people, like Chris Venables, is local to a lot of yeah. people listening to this. Um, but yeah, like it probably just shows there's not much of a, a like shone on the Welsh Premier as a whole. So that kind of takes me to this bit of what you think the Welsh Prem could maybe do to expand or things it's doing at the moment to expand um and get like a new a bigger wider audience in yeah i think the welsh premier is a fantastic place to play football to watch football local football um it really is because it's come on you know i, I first signed for new time 1998 or 99 it was i think it was and if you look at how even new town have come how they developed the support there it's a great club that's run well from the supporters and you know they're getting this self-funded and look at the pitch now they've got academy kids there training when I trained and the pitch was boggy around Christmas time it was really hard going you know it was and it was a hard watch sometimes but you know to play the right way having the right people at the right clubs it's brilliant people have got pro license qualifications all the way throughout now you know you don't have to have a pro license or an A license in a second division or the first division. You know, some managers have only got the A license and the B license. So in terms of coaching and coach education, it's one of the number one places to be. Why do you think Patrick Vieira goes there, Michael Arteta, Jens Lehmann, um, you know, David Gillner, all these people go because they have heard, they have seen that the Welsh FA do it the right way. They get the right coaches. It gives people opportunities. You know, players, more players are coming into the Welsh Premier it's getting better sort of response over social media, Twitter, you know, Facebook Live. You can watch your game on a Thursday, Friday night. Yeah, alternatively, you want to put the premiership on, you can watch both games simultaneously. You know, next week I'm doing Facebook Live commentary with Mark Jones as well. So I'm looking forward to that. It's the first time I've, uh, I've done that. And um, hopefully if my Welsh improves, I can... Uh, Maybe do that one day on the on the on the Welsh platform, but no, it's it's something else I'm looking forward to. But it's got lots of positives, you know. It's got detractors, but there are a lot of players now that, if you look at just the Welsh Premier TNS, look at the the signing, sixty thousand pound signing from um, from the Scottish Premier. 
They've got a lad they signed from Stockport. Um, they've got a boy they signed from Newport, the right back. Uh, you know, other players have, have come in from the English system to the Welsh system because they realise that, okay, this is a decent league. I can go play in Europe. You know, okay, TNS nearly got through to the, the final rounds of the Europa League. You know, Connors Key have done well in the past and, and Barry and, and Ballard are competing now. So I think it's, it's an excellent sort of place to, to watch football, to play football, to, to, to go and have a look if, if you're a ground hopper or you, you just want to go and watch local football. It's, it's an excellent place to do it. You know, I, I'm an advocate of it. I've been involved in it, but I think don't listen to the detractors. Listen to the people who, who have experienced it over the last 20, 25 years and, and go and see what they've got to say and, and have a look at yourself because it's, it's, a, it's a decent standard and there's some good players there that can go on and play um, league football, conference football, whatever they want. Yeah, I think it's it's true as well, like with the the potential being there, because when the likes of Newtown play on a Friday night, um, so when people aren't necessarily going to games on a Saturday or like playing local level, like the uh, the attendances they get are like fairly high, sort of seven, eight hundreds mm. for Newtown. Um, Aberystwyth, so yeah, Aberystwyth Friday night, you know, and then and then you can go and watch your local side if they're a second division. You know, it's 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 available, isn't it? Friday nights, Thursday nights, um, Saturday night, Saturday evenings as well. So. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to watch the sort of plight of the league, yeah, from from here onwards. But, but I think that's um, just about covered everything uh, for your career there. There's a lot to get through, but it's um, really enjoyed speaking to you. And thanks for coming on and wish you all the best with the uh, the Masters and then that next step into coaching, wherever it'll be. So, uh, yeah, cheers, Scott. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.